Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ah, oh, the Red Scare. The classic move, Gorbachev. Opening up lava pits in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Peter O'Donoghue, and I'm a podcaster. I research and present other people's work over the internet with my co-hosts, Ethan Palmer and James Miller. The show is called Lore Boys, and it's the number one fake history podcast on the internet. This is the story behind behind the AWE universe by Remedy Games, with a focus on Alan Wake and Control. However, Quantum Break is relevant as well. <laughs> I like how your Canadian snuck in on that behind there. That was a good one. Yeah. Behind. Yeah. My my name is Ethan Palmer. I'm a professional swiffle ball bat player. Uh, I'm here to present to you my take on Pete's episode of Control. Something uh, can you A&E. A W E. Something A and E television. I don't know. Yeah, we're doing um, Extreme Home Makeover. Oh, good. Or My Strange Addiction, I that think lady I, that eats her couch. You're thinking, of, are those on Amy? You're 34 and counting. Or you just have lots and lots of children. Yeah, it's hard having children. There's a lot of kids. It's the hardest thing um, on earth to do, because you have to have sex with a woman, which is difficult. Oh, yeah. It's challenging in its own way. <laughs> <laughs> I've, oh, never, hey, I've never done it, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to be doing... Yeah. Oh, sorry, I got attacked by a kitten. Um, we're going to be doing the AWE universe, uh, like I said, by Remedy Games. Uh, so are you guys familiar with Remedy and any of their games? I suppose starting with Jambo. Um, I know that you played Control, and I know that Alan <laughs> Wake is in it, uh, but I haven't really played any of them. Okay. Ethan? Uh, yeah, about, about the same. About, about the same. Have you guys experience. played Max Payne? Oh, yes. Maybe. I played they a created lot. Max Payne. I played a lot of one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, no, so, one and two. Uh, I, I, I haven't played a lot of three. Three is, I like three a lot. It's actually it, the only one I played. It was I, good. I just, I didn't have any of them, but my buddy had one and two. So I, okay, I would play yeah. one and two a lot. <laughs> They're uh, like really similar to Duke Nukem, right? No. Uh, no. It's like a third no. person shooter. It's more like, yeah. I guess, more like GTA than anything, but like you pop painkillers oh. and you can like slow down time by popping painkillers. Uh, I didn't play then. I, I played Duke Nukem. Bullet Time and uh, and Painkillers are unrelated. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a lot like um, the Matrix Reloaded video game. If you ever, played it that. is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot like that. Okay. Uh, just a, just a quick little recap of the dev. Uh, Remedy is a Finnish developer, um, as in they finish games. They're actually located in Texas. <laughs> um, <laughs> stupid. Uh, is it is it true though? Sorry, where are they from? <laughs> They're from Finland. Okay. They're in like, uh, oh my god, it's it's a stupid it's a stupid name. It's it's like Rezpu or Ozpu in Finland or something like that. Okay. Oz- Jamie, pull up the clip. 
Um, so, and despite their low budgets and sometimes their soft sales, they still maintain a really good reputation. And thankfully, with their kind of more conservative European style game budgets, they're still in operation and they were founded in 1995. So they're not as critically like reliant on sales figures like EA might be where they'll just like kill a studio in 15 seconds if they don't make their budget back because they know how to spend their money and they've been the same or a similar team for a long time. So their producers and everybody's really good at kind of organizing things. Uh, unlike CD Projekt, another European developer who I don't think could organize their way out of a fucking wet paper bag. Uh, they're from Espoo. Espoo, excuse me. Ospoo was closed. Espoo, Finland. Well, I agree to disagree. Yeah. I was one vowel off. Hey, yeah, well, that's, you know, kind of an important vowel. I took a I took a wrong turn at uh, at Ozpoo and ended up in <laughs> <laughs> um, So they also, like we said, created Max Payne, who is one of the most recognizable video game characters to ever be ruined by Mark Wahlberg. Was there a Max Payne movie? Oh yeah. Have I seen it? I uh, hope not. I, I mean, I haven't. I heard it suck dicks. <laughs> it's just like, uh, two thousand eight. We're pulling up. We're yeah. pulling up a lot of clips for this early in the uh, in the or podcast. Front the JB, pull up the clips. Yeah. You can watch it now for five bucks on YouTube. <laughs> you can probably get the game for five dollars on GOG. <laughs> I don't think I have seen it. I'm gonna check mark watched it on my Google search here to throw off the algorithm because I've never seen it. <laughs> nice. Got it. Now they might threaten us with a sequel if they needed one more guy to watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just one guy one guy sitting in a room with like a little ticker since two thousand and eight, waiting for Quick. it to go from like nine ninety nine to one thousand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're good for the script there, Mark. We're, we're green lighted. Yeah, got Mark Wahlberg six- on the phone. 16% on Rotten Tomatoes in a 5.4 out of 10. That's bad. 16% out of what? Well, usually percent <laughs> means per 1,000, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Something um, like that. So the uh, connective tissue here for what we'll refer to as the AWE universe uh, is the Federal Bureau of Control, and it is located at 33 Thomas Street in Manhattan, New York. New York, New York. It's okay. a hell of a town. Hell of a town. Um, this is a real address that you can Google. Um, it's nothing interesting, is there? It's just a different si- skyscraper. Um, <laughs> AWE originally was speculated to, to stand for Alan Wake Experience. Okay. I thought when you said AW, I was like, Alan Wake something. It's got to be, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, Pete, you're laughing like that's completely impossible, but I have no idea who Alan Wake is, so maybe he's like a god figure, like the G-Man in this? Like, Oh, that's true. As yeah, far as I'm concerned, it could be, and I don't see why not. <laughs> the beginning of this is going to make a lot more sense if you re-listen to the episode, actually. Okay, I'll, ju- I'll just, uh, you know what, I'll just start at the end right now. So I'll just jump, okay. jump to the end of your script that you've provided me, and I'll start reading my lines from the end. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the uh, Federal Bureau of Control, or FBC, um, like like I said, is located in New York right now. Uh, and when the FBC was actually founded is unknown, but it is said to have been like a young organization in 1954. Um, it was just a hip, young, trendy government organization, and the world was its oyster. Okay. Yeah. So uh, a steady gal pal, keys to a convertible, all that good shit back in the 50s. So Lore Boys Prime today is uh, we need jars of ancient honey. So if you've uh, delved into any Egyptian tombs recently and have sealed jars of honey, 
uh, send those our way. And that's going to make sense based on this episode when we get oh, there. Okay. I'm sure, yeah, right, yeah. Pete? At the, at the end, right? <laughs> right, Pete? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay. <laughs> so they're just a, a run-of-the-mill government organization, you were saying. For the moment. Uh, originally now, uh, originally, like at least in the 50s, they were headquartered in Washington, D.C. with the other FBs that operate out of that area. Um, you know, the I, uh, well, it, the FBA <laughs> basically yeah, <okay. laughs> yeah. all the government organizations. Uh, yeah. When you, when you get elected president, that's what they give you. They just give you an FBA through Z. It's uh, yeah. like, well, here are all the guys you need to talk to. <laughs> yeah. The FBW, the friend benefits with, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the different people that you get to have affairs with. Uh, yeah. Uh, FBE full body experience. It's not an out of body yeah. experience. It's just when you feel like you're in a body. That's a really good yeah. ma- or a really good massage. <laughs> a full yeah. body experience. Yeah. Or, or like, you can know if someone's edible. poor or not. You know if someone's poor or not in VR, if they have the full body experience or just their heads moving. Oh, yeah, right. right. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. That's how they get you. That's actually a, that's actually a government plant in <laughs> VR. With all, those, with all those perverts. <laughs> well, you know, you can always see the people who are playing like with their TV or with their computer and not with the headset because they just walk the same way and they're either like this, like completely boxy or like crouched over. But then the the full body ones, the anime girls dancing around, you know. You know. You know. Oh, yeah. And it's a full body <laughs> experience for everyone involved. <laughs> uh, so while they were headquartered in Washington, D- in D.C., by 1954, they had already managed to contain and find three, or find and contain, rather, three what are called altered items. Oh, it's kind of like SCP. It's a lot like the SCP. Uh, Altered items are everyday objects that have been touched by or contaminated by during, uh, like, uh, like by some force during what is called an AWE or an <laughs> altered world event. Is the some, okay? Some ghost, uh, some ghost had put their hands in a bunch of pots of honey, honey, and touched a bunch of things, and that's why they're all contaminated now, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the the the, the contaminated honey will come back. It's one of the is one of the AIs, one of the altered items. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, so altered world events are when para- paranatural forces slip through into our perceived reality. Um, there's a bunch of spheres basically out there rattling around, and once in a while, there's a conjunction thereof. You mean flat planets, right? A bunch of flat planets <laughs> zipping around, exactly. Yeah. And then sometimes they ricochet into each other like Beyblades, but if Beyblades were flat... Were flat oh, so it's okay. like a Witcher. It, it's a lot like that, yeah. It's a bunch of universes kind of rattling around, and sometimes they intersect, and that's when we get an AWE, an Altered World event. Conjunction of the spheres. Exactly. Um, and sometimes you can get some, like, ghost residue or whatever, and it'll latch itself onto an actual item, um, and it only latches onto an item that is, like, familiar to the collective human psychology. So you can get, like, a rubber ducky or a garden flamingo or a traffic light, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, and some Or your time, dad's penis that you totally wish you had. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, well, that's that's something that's very relatable to the collective human psyche, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what Freud Penis said, head. right? Yeah. Big, yeah. The big thing, the big thing about the AWs is they they're very much about psychology, so they're all about Freud. Yeah. Either you, so, either you got a cigar. I could really go for one right now. Don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> we could inject some cocaine and smoke cigars, dude. Um, AWEs, since they kind of latch on to familiar items. Um, for some reason, these extra dimensional forces are like concerned whether like the dumb human monkey could even understand it. Like it's like, well, 
if we haunted this traffic light and didn't play red light, green light, where the floor would then kill you, it wouldn't make any sense. Now, would it? Like, well, no, of course not. okay um it's like the entire dimension took like some creative writing courses and just like thought they were way smarter than they had than they actually were basically okay just Um, like us right oh yeah uh between 1954 and 58 uh the bureau had already investigated and helped hide um and obviously cover up uh three awes at this point um however they were not really documented properly so we don't really know what they were. They kind of exist in like the FBC's garage band days. It's like these old jams that they had with their buddies that like, Oh, they could just never recapture sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. What does A and W stand for? The hamburger store there. Uh, Altered world. Altered world. Is that it? <laughs> okay. It's Angus and Wegula. Cause you can get an Angus burger or a regular burger. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a real thing. Because <laughs> Angus could at least be a person's name. You had me running for a second. Wegular. <laughs> what kind of burger would you like, my friend? Uh, Wegular burger, please. Wegular. With the root beer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would like a. I'd like a Papa burger, and then they just they hand you like a pack of cigarettes, and it's like this is all we had, and then they just. <laughs> They tell you to leave. <laughs> yeah. uh, the earliest recorded AWE is called AWE-3, uh, and it took place in Sawyer County, Wisconsin, uh, which is also a real place. Yes. Uh, are we doing the thing that I was doing where we go from the end of the script? What happened to Dash 1 and Dash 2 if it's the first uh, recorded? Between the fifty between 54 and 58, they had already dealt with some shit that was not recorded, which is the thing that I said before we went off on the burger thing. Okay, okay. So, so but, they, but when they... They didn't, like, retroactively number those. They just said, like, no, we're never going to write them down, but we're just going to start at three. Or they just don't have the documentation anymore. Okay. Fair. They're like, no, we, we know there was... Writing things down, you we know? know there was two. Yeah. But. yeah. At least. Right? I figured it might be like, uh, a, hey, they're still redacted or something like that. But No, they're just unknown at this point. Um, so I think AWA- they say redacted, by the way. Oh, yeah. Redacted. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, AWE3 took place in Soya County, Wisconsin, <laughs> uh, which is a real place. Okay. Uh, I Googled that as well. Sawyer County is a real place in Wisconsin, which is a real place uh, in some country I've never heard of. Okay. Is it just as boring as uh, whatever New York, New York? I'd imagine so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anything in Wisconsin I, I, is in, bound is to be Wisconsin boring. Wisconsin probably has less Broadway sailors, um, but otherwise, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, probably yeah. less. I don't think they have a big Navy, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in the middle of the country. I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, are they on one of the lakes? They might be. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so officially, uh, this AWE was called it was titled the Meteor Hill AWE. Um, <laughs> this took place when some gigantic fucking nerds in the Youth Science League were out drying up pussies <laughs> and being unbullied. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, uh, that could this could also be an A and W thing. Our hill is meteor than yours. Yeah, A and W Meteor Hill. Yeah, it's more of an Arby's thing. You don't mean like meat, though, do you? No, I mean meteor is in the space rock. Meteor, oh. yeah, yeah. It, it's not meteor hill, as though they had some undocumented meaty but not remarkably meaty AWE <laughs> to deal with. So they called this one the meteor AWE. 
Like they went on a, sca- a sliding scale of meat at first, and that's why it's not documented anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sliding scale of meat is a gross phrase, man. Well, I mean, okay, so you start with your, your I guess fish would, would be like the, the lightest end of that scale, right? And then yeah. all the way down to human flesh is probably the other end of that scale. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is there something I'd... Would I eat a human before something else? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you said my sentence was fucked up. Yeah, I, I just I can't I, I I don't I don't know off the top of my head I can't think of anything more appalling than the thought the of human eating. flesh. Yeah. <laughs> more unappetizing as a vegetarian. I can't think of much, but so these nerds were out in the desert doing their nerd science in the fifties, avoiding bullies, and some dimension out there figured that it would start doling out the wedgies, the wet willies, and the most classic prank of all, which was opening up three gigantic sinkholes filled with a mi- with a magma like substance. Okay, yeah, it's like a um, Final Fantasy move. I, I yeah. thought about it. I, I don't think I could eat human. Like I think that's the last thing I would eat too. Okay, just just to make Good. it clear. Th- th- okay. <laughs> thanks. I'm trying to think right. of a more gross animal because yeah. you know there's a lot of icky, creepy crawlies out there. But some yeah. animals are straight up poisonous to consume. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like eating human is probably poison to the soul, right? Yeah, and the brain gives you like a similar. It makes you go crazy. It gives you the shakes. I think. Yeah, it's like mad cow, right? Can- yeah, cannibalism is bad for you. Yeah, if you get a good dry rub, it's not so bad, I heard, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, well, I do have a decent dry rub. Now you're trying to convince me otherwise, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know Pete doesn't like liver, but what about human liver, huh? So. Nah. <laughs> no. This doesn't make a bad thing worse. <laughs> uh, so once these sinkholes opened up, uh, some of the boys were hurt. None of them were killed. Uh, however, they were taken in by the Bureau for treatment a week later, along with some samples of the magma-like substance. So I don't know what it was. Can I just say, it's a miracle that a group of young boys, because young boys can be kind of reckless, right? Notoriously uh, rowdy. Uh, the fact that a group of young boys survived a bunch of pits of magma opening up, like just like with like few injuries, like they just like get brought to this like strange organization instead of a hospital and put on life support. Like that's a miracle. So It's not excellently documented. I don't know how many of these kids were like horribly burned by this <laughs> substance. Like... I'm willing to say little You're miracles, just, no deaths. That's that's a miracle right there. No, no deaths is all we really know from yeah. this time in the fifties, and that's that's pretty good. Um, so the FBC then basically took these boys to the to their headquarters in Washington, took care of them, healed them, let them go. It wasn't like some weird child abduction scheme yeah, yeah. or whatever. It was just like, hey, we can treat you for your extra dimensional, your paranatural radiation poisoning, and and how did the mag- how did you make the magma holes appear? What did you do? Yeah. <laughs> um, Talk, you commie really bastard. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the red scare. The classic move, Gorbachev. <laughs> opening up lava pits in Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, the area was then just sealed off from the public for their own safety because they didn't really know how to get rid of these pits. Um, at this time, the FBC was uh, led by a man named Theodore Ash Sr., um, up until 1964, where he died of unknown causes. Possible exposure to spooky extra-dimensional bullshit, but who knows? He has a cool uh, name. Theodore Ted, Ash. Ted Ash, baby. Yeah. Teddy Ash. Teddy Ash. Yeah. Um, hey, a let, week later. Or, uh, Ted, your Ash. Huh? <laughs> hey, yo. 
Um, a week after he had died, multiple AWEs were discovered taking place in the subway tunnels below New York City, uh, likely making them safer, honestly. Um, and the FBC was called in to clear them out and let the mob continue safely burying the bodies of uncorrupted union bosses. Anybody they couldn't bribe, they were just like, there's some spookies happenings down here, and uh, all these rolled up carpets that we need to safely dispose of just can't, it can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> so they called the government for help. Yeah. Hey, uh- Hey, I know we don't uh, always see eye to eye, but could you do me a solid? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, they had a couple of people in the FBC who were willing to do them a solid. Uh, the newly appointed like acting head, because he hadn't been officially put in place yet, the acting head of the FBC now is a man named Broderick Northmore, which is another great name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what they did. They They just made all the people they want to disappear. Uh, they lock them in a movie theater and make them watch Max Payne on loop. Yeah. <laughs> until the problem solves itself yeah exactly uh, a different awe managed to pull that film from the future to it, <laughs> a, eternally yeah. torture people from yeah exactly perfect <laughs> uh, and the acting head of research was ted ash jr so theodore ash jr was uh, head of research for the fbc while the actual acting head was broderick northmore um brody brody hey brody brodacious uh, bro these two men and their team went into the subway tunnels uh, and discovered the entrance to the oldest house, um, which at this time decided to allow the agents of the SBC to uh, FBC to see it and go inside. Whoa. However, where the oldest house actually came from is totally unknown. It smells like mothballs and there's doilies everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> one, one bowl of candy that is... <laughs> so stuck to the inside of the bowl that if you if you manage to snap off one of the peppermints uh, the entire planet would fall to pieces but the capsules are great the capsules are great because they're preserved in plastic covered in plastic (laughs) (laughs) the couches have been contained safely prior to the fbc showing up (laughs) um the oldest house appears as a huge featureless windowless skyscraper um down in, in in just in Manhattan, and it cannot be seen or interacted with by the public. Um, the architecture is described as brutalist. Uh, this term was coined by a Swedish architect named Hans Goethe. Um, and this is actually really cool yeah. when I was looking this up. A real-world example of brutalism, you can Google Habitat 67 right here in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with Goethe and his brutalism designs. Not a huge fan. Habitat 67 is, is one of the cooler ones, I would say. Yeah. Uh, the... It looks like someone who just started playing Minecraft and didn't want to stick to, like, a cube was just kind of, like, <laughs> squares in everywhere. Add, like, adding yeah. rooms to the side of rooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Habitat 67 is neat. Uh, the art direction in in of the oldest house is fucking awesome in the game. Um, but I've like real world examples are basically just like, what if you put a couple of windows in a concrete pillar is, <laughs> yeah. um, is like the most common one. So yeah, exactly. it's not great. Yeah. Uh, the oldest house seems to allow people to see it and enter it for its own reasons. Um, the hallways and the rooms are constantly shifting. There is an apparent infinite amount of space and rooms to build and kind of work in within the oldest house. Because um, the building seems to be connected directly to the astral plane, uh, which is an alternate dimension and a source of paranatural power. Cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, a few other locations on Earth are also connected to the astral plane, and they're all known as places of power. 
Nice, um, dude. You got your, your free skill from Witcher yeah, 3. from The Witcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to upgrade Quen, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get that bubble shield. Uh, as the FBC continued to explore, they eventually discovered the foundation of the house uh, in the caverns below the building. Um, the foundation is the only place in the entire oldest house that is not constantly shifting. Uh, it seems to be some fixed point between our reality and the astral plane. Uh, this may be due to an object that people just call the nail. Um, it is a massive, mo- a massive monolith with a V-shaped cut in the top. Uh, and not unlike Idris Elba, the nail is described as being black and mathematically perfect. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, won't, cool. I won't disagree with you there. Uh, it seems to hold the foundation in place so the nail itself seems to anchor the entire dimension i guess i mean so every building has an anchor nail there's one nail that holds the whole building together that would make okay that makes sense yeah 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 dude if you just run around with a big enough magnet you can make cities topple (laughs) yeah yeah you got to hit that one nail just right but yeah yeah because you, you don't want to pull it like if you, you don't want to be on the other side of the nail if the point is facing you then you're just going to sink it in deeper that building's not going to go down right you got to get on the side with the head to pull it out with your magnet okay yeah, yeah. the fbc went down there into the foundation with armed with all the stud detectors that the 50s could provide yeah. <laughs> but they're huge. all like middle-aged men so they're all pointing at themselves like hey i found one <laughs> <laughs> it's like council of bad jokes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> During an expedition near the foundation, uh, Northmore discovered an object of power on a pedestal in front of the nail. Uh, I'll explain this okay, shortly na- what an object of power is. The nail kind of seems like an object of power itself, no? It's not classified as such. It's because it's kind of part of the building. Okay. Is- it's unknown what it really does. All we know is, like, we do know from playing the playing the game control that it is connected to the astral plane. But it's not fully explained, and at this time in the 50s, in 1958, when they're just discovering this shit, they didn't even really have the term. Okay, yeah. Object of power. They had the term nail, right? Uh, Nails had been invented (laughs) prior to 1958, thankfully. Uh, It was like uh, a year and a half, right, that they had together anymore. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, the matches were created after the lighter, and the screws were created after the nail. There you go. Really? Yeah. Yes, animal fact for the episode yeah i didn't i didn't actually look into it but that the second one i, I know the first one's true the second one sounds true I, I feel like a nail would come before a screw so i think it depends how you define screw but I, you're probably right right like, i think you're totally right because like like cave people or like bronze age people in the in like the middle east would have assembled their huts with pegs which are certainly more akin to it where it's like a, a peg is basically just a wooden nail yep or it's yeah. a great way to pass a friday night if you know what i mean you guys you guys want it uh, from uh constructionmagnet.com good uh around 1860s wire nails were introduced and by early 1900s 90 percent of all nails were wire nails screws on the other hand date back to third century bc in greece so it sounds like sounds like we have so that's wire nails specifically that's a specific type of nail i guess but like i wouldn't be surprised because like if you think of ancient greece they didn't have wood buildings. They had stone buildings, right? Like, yeah. like I don't know how much they were nailing stuff together. When was Elmer's glue made? 
Were they gluing these stones together? It's 4th century <laughs> BC. It's made of goat hooves. <laughs> yeah, so Wiki- uh, Wikipedia for Hanrot Nail just says prehistory. Huh. Wow. Yeah, there so you go. Older. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this this object of power is, is pretty much like one of the most significant discoveries that they had found within the oldest house at this point. Um, he found it on a pedestal in front of the nail. Uh, this was per- peculiar since the FBC had established a base in these caverns already. The pedestal with the object has never been seen, had never been seen before, and has never been seen since. Ooh, okay, creepy. Yeah, uh, the object of power is called the service weapon. Uh, throughout history, the weapon has apparently changed dramatically. However, it always retains the form of what is generally accepted to be a weapon by the collective unconscious making it more of a physical manifestation of a concept, meaning if you could convince enough people, you can probably make it look like pretty much anything. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, The difference between the altered items that we talked about earlier and an object of power, or OOPS, which is the canon term, was the canon acronym. (laughs) Object of power. Yeah. Is that an OOPS is connected to the astral plane and can transfer its power to a para-utilitarian instead of kind of retaining a residual haunting of astral powers. So an altered item is just kind of like a troublesome little thing that you need to deal with, whereas an object of power confers its astral powers or its paranatural powers onto the user itself. This okay. user needs to be a para-utilitarian, which... Could again, they also be... Amer- what about American? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. No do they have a passport? Do they have? They have to be from like one of those Mexico countries, para utilitaria or whatever it is. They, they, they do need to like so. Um, Northmore is from Paraguay, which is which would explain his ease of use with the service weapon. <laughs> nice. Now, whether this goes to other South American countries is not known. I don't know of any Argentine utilitarians or Brazil utilitarians, but they may. <laughs> Be added in future games. <laughs> uh, Northmore, after being allowed again to pick up the service weapon, was presumably transported mentally or physically to the astral plane, uh, which appears as like an infinite void of white light. The only thing in there is an inverted black pyramid in what would perceive be perceived by a human to be the sky, since we kind of distinguish up and down. Right. So there's a big upside down black pyramid within the astral plane. It's as, the only thing visible as the sky, though. Like I, that's what I don't get. Like, is it just like so big that it would look like it's it goes for a really long time? So it's like the sky, or. It is huge, but it just it would it just appears above you in the astral plane. So it's like okay. in what you would perceive as the sky. Yes, exactly. Now, so if if it's a void, can you like reorient so it's like underneath you, or is it just like if you spin, it spins with you? It's it's, it's, it's your Sims. Uh, yeah, the sim, the Sim Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always above you, it, just okay. like the Sims gem. It is always above you. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, it can manifest different things, like within the astral plane, like constructs, which probably is like a gameplay conceit more than anything. But just the astral plane itself, by default, is an infinite white void with an inverted black pyramid. Okay, that occupies this this realm. Cool. Um, the pyramid communicated with Northmore, 
revealing that it contained apparently multiple paranatural entities referred that referred to themselves as the board of directors. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, oh no, <laughs> we made a mistake. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> now, um, the 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 board of directors in the game in in control in the game communicates entirely in subtitles, and the a lot of what they say is either or. So they do not speak English. It's just kind of like this garbled electronic noise. But the subtitles are always like, you can now fly slash hover sort of thing. So they, like what you interpret from what they're saying is really up to the person that they're speaking to. Okay. Yeah, and even reading the subtitles is kind of like... It's up to the person playing the game, what they're saying. In in canon, because like as you scan over the subtitle, uh, you'll grab a couple of words before it disappears and moves on because they're quite quick. Okay. But yeah, so the, the main thing, it is called the Board of Directors, which was passed, is knowledge passed on directly from the pyramid, meaning multiple entities live within it. The way that they talk about themselves as a Board of Directors is probably just because they're communicating with bureaucrats already. Yeah. And they're in the same way that the service weapon appears as a gun. It's because you we understand what that means. Yeah, yeah. And a service weapon for a federal bureau, like, makes sense, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the pyramid communicated with Northmore uh, and then appointed him as the new director of the FBC. So he was acting director up until this point. <laughs> he gets the... Yeah, it, it's like, hey, guys, I touched this gun yeah. and I had, a, <laughs> I, I had a psychic vision and I'm your boss now. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, how's it going? Uh, how's it going, Northmore? Uh, 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 I think you should refer to me as director. Well, I mean, you're just acting director, right? No, 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 no. I met with an inverted black pyramid in an infinite white void. I'm director yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> C- uh, okay. Did this again? pyramid have a notary? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Smaller pyramid? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Was 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 HR in the meeting with you, or was it just you in this pyramid? He gets a hat made. It's just like a coat hanger with a a black pyramid that's always above his head. Yeah. <laughs> this is my director hat. Uh, he thankfully did have a way to prove that something had occurred because he is the only person who can actually hold the service weapon, and it can transform. So it is very clearly some sort of supernatural relic. Okay. So, in the game, you only get the one gun, but it has it can transform into different shapes to represent what you would understand as a different gun. So there is, you know, pistol, sniper, SMG, shotgun, rocket launcher. It transforms to suit what you believe these weapons should act like. So it's like banana, super soaker. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Nuclear bomb. Peeled yeah. banana. Yeah, the, the peeled banana is the is the final weapon that you get in the game that you can point at enemies. La- laser oh, pointer to get rid of the cats. Oh, joke gun that just has a, a, a flag that says bang on yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Uh, so how how it works, I guess like just plunger on a string. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, grappling hook, same thing, right? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess for like the mechanics of the game, does it work like, oh, you don't find new weapons while you're playing? Because like in, in games, you, like, unlock weapons as you go, typically, in single-player games, right? Um, do you just, like, figure out how to tap into the innate ability of your service weapon to... You unlock the forms. So, yeah, okay. you, you you know, you just played Halo 3 a couple days ago again. Yeah. And you know how, like, over the course of that game, you encounter new... Like, you find new weapons or encounter new enemies with new, with new weapons. Yeah. Over the course of control, 
your understanding of the service weapon expands as your character progresses, and then you can then upgrade and unlock new forms that do different things. It starts off as a handgun. Okay. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing about the service weapon that has apparently existed with it forever, since it pulls directly from the astral plane, it has infinite ammo, but needs to recharge. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so like recharge, like, do you got to plug it in? Is like one of those like wireless chargers okay? Can you just like leave it like on one of those? Or <laughs> it's, it's a <laughs> USB C. Has a little crank on it, like. <laughs> it does it. It does it itself. But I, if you truly believed, if the collective unconscious believed that guns had to be recharged, like squeezing, like squeezy flashlights, that would definitely be the way that it worked. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, the collective conscience, like now, it doesn't even have a headphones jack anymore. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, yeah. For for the record, I think a squeezy flashlight is called a flashlight, Peter. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, both used in a dark room, but different purpose, I guess. Yeah, I mean, which one do you reach for when the power goes out first? <laughs> Depends on your situation, my yeah. guy. That's true, right? I got. I reach for both because I need one for the other. You know. Yeah. yeah. Got got to <laughs> I mean, be got to be able to see it. Got to be able to see it. Otherwise, it does nothing first, for me. Candles first for either the mood or the dull light, and then following following that, you uh, you yeah. you go. Rest. If you go, if you get like the ones that are like slightly see through, you can like put the flashlight on the bottom and then it glows. Oh, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. God, could you imagine having like a slightly transparent flashlight? How horrible that would be. <laughs> <laughs> Depends if you like to see it or not. I guess yeah. it's like a water bed. You got fish in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> like those like seventies platform shoes that is yeah. just like <laughs> lacquer and fake gold. I don't know how to get them out. Yeah. <laughs> starting okay. to smell yeah it's the fish oh, it's the fish that's oh, starting to smell <laughs> yeah um, those, those fish would be way up there on that meat gradient we were talking about earlier uh, <laughs> uh, way down in the, in the evil section of that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um after being appointed by the board of directors and being able to wield the service weapon he he became the first para utilitarian um this just means that he can take and use powers from the astral plane through objects of power okay cool and maybe we'll get to this. Is that is, is like his ability to do that bestowed by the board of directors, or is this something that the board of directors chose him because he was innately able to do it? Do you know? Uh, we will we will get to okay. this, but in brief, because we're going to explain a little bit more. In brief, um, it is not given. It is not given by the board of directors. Okay, he's, so he's chosen. You, you need to be peri utilitarian before you can wield the ser- service weapon, because if you are not approved to use it, it touching it will kill you. Oh, yeah. How, how many? How many died finding that out? Huh. Just, <laughs> just, just like the good break room. If you touch the door handle, you die. Yeah. yeah. In in a, in a normal company. Well, it's kind of like the opposite of surgeons, right? Because like to be a surgeon, you have to be able to touch somebody and not kill them. <laughs> the, the board of directors. I you to say you need to kill off. someone to become a surgeon. <laughs> it might happen. You're probably gonna have someone die on the table. So kill this guy right now. Yeah, just yeah. So get it out of the way. Get over it. Then there's yeah. no nerves. You know, it's not a big deal. You know, <laughs> the uh, inverted pyramid is, uh, is is black, and that's the board of directors. The normal pyramid is white, and that represents surgeons. So okay. it is the, exact <laughs> right. the exact opposite of a surgeon is the board of directors. Board of the surgeons. You kill one guy but then stop doing it yeah yeah 
North Northmore was, however, given a suite of powers by the board of directors, described as thermal, so he could, I guess, freeze or ignite things. Okay. Uh, and he became exce- uh, obsessed with finding and researching more uh, events and items. Uh, tasking Ted Ash Jr. with establishing a permanent research base within the oldest house. Um, and, like, as it happens, you can say, like, safely. And that's in huge <laughs> quotation marks because... Um, find find Walter, more of these objects that if someone touches them, they die right away. Yeah. But, but do it safely. <laughs> As it happens, altered items and oops can be stored within a place of power. So the the oldest house was like the way to do it. Um, This is also when people started calling the building the oldest house. Uh, Northmore, when he got back from his meeting with the board, insisted that that's what they call it. Uh, What they were calling it before that is unknown. They probably had like an AWE dash for the strange occurrence in the subway. Yep. Northmore, uh, Northmore just bought a house himself, and everyone's making fun of him because it's an old house. Yeah, yeah. So he had to- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this, no, this is the oldest house. Old. This yeah. is the oldest house, okay? I'm director now. Do you see the pyramid hat? Okay, I'm the director now. <laughs> Waving the service weapon around like a madman, just like, it's me. I'm in charge. <laughs> I, I could shoot you, or I could just make you touch it, okay? So watch yourself. <laughs> otherwise it would just be like yeah the objects of power can be safely contained within the cheap fixer upper and i just that doesn't it's not as fun yeah, to yeah, say, yeah. Right? i'm storing Hold my on. i'm storing my object of power in my new high-rise condo overlooking the bay yeah <laughs> very utilitarian brutalist that's the one yeah the country's called Paraguay, Jamie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I stole a joke from, from, I think it's an old TikTok or an old Vine or whatever. Someone's like, tells their little brother, I'm a lesbian. And the brother's like, I thought you were American. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's pretty good. Yeah. He was just, uh, he really meant it. Yeah. Several more AWEs occurred in the 70s. Uh, two uh, in Bright Falls, Washington State. Um, the first being at Cauldron Lake, which is a which is called a caldera lake, which just means it's the a volcano crater filled with water. Okay. Um, a writer cool. named Thomas Zane uh, lived out on an island in uh, in the lake in a cabin with his girlfriend Barbara Jagger and their assistant uh, Emil Hartman. Um, this island was called Divers Isle due to Zane's love of diving in the lake. He has like one of those big old timey diver suits with the little pincers on it and the big dome helmet with all the portholes and shit so he was a poet and a diver okay um right. at some at some combo. point before yeah dude it's like can you can you imagine i mean he's got a girlfriend now but can you imagine that kind of resume when you're like hitting on a girl it's like oh i'm a poet and yeah. a diver there's yeah. two things i love in this world is uh the beauty of words and the beauty of fish and then it's just like swoon yeah. especially in the especially in the 70s yeah hey, <laughs> hey baby i love using my words and i love going down and getting wet if you know what i mean you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> uh any scuba divers out there you're free to use that one. <laughs> oh, finally like one scuba guy listening right now just like waiting for the right words to say to the yeah. girl he's in love with and it, thank you ethan sitting in his wetsuit at the bar like, yeah. <laughs> he's got his tank on with just goggles on. goggles and his flippers walking across the bar like exciting flanders fields or something like that yeah. Yeah. spills his spills his drink on himself like oh no no don't worry it's a wetsuit 
<laughs> like he keeps trying that move, keeps dumping one on himself. Wash <laughs> around. Oh. All the mixed drinks. Oh. It's an incredibly stupid image. Yeah. <laughs> Hair would get so blonde just being bathed in booze all the time. Just I like mean, totally burnt. I would love a nervous scuba guy at a bar. For the art for this episode, doesn't have to be Peter. It's always your choice, but <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Um, at some point, but before 1970, Zane and Hartman discovered the supernatural powers of the lake. Uh, though the lake's properties had been known for probably thousands of years at this point, uh, because even the Native Americans told early colonists that the lake was a portal to the underworld. So, like, as soon as people started showing up in uh, like in the Pacific Northwest, like 10, 15,000 years ago, this knowledge that there was something wrong with Cauldron Lake was just like passed down through generation after generation after generation after generation. <laughs> it's oh, it's always been known. Um, after Barbara uh, drowned under mysterious circumstances, um, Hartman suggested that Zane use the lake's powers to write a story in which Barbara comes back to life. This actually worked, sort of. <laughs> He's like dipping, <laughs> dipping like a paintbrush into the water and trying to write a poem with it, or like, how do you write a story with a lake? I love the uh, Cauldron Lake. Just allows what you write on it, like while within the confines of the lake, to come true. He so Zane uses a typewriter. Oh. His presence on Divers Isle in the middle of Cauldron Lake, I guess, is what gives it this power. He he originally tried a, a PC, but like the extension cord kept getting wet and short circuiting it. So <laughs> Yeah, especially one of those nineteen seventies computers that yeah, he yeah. had is like I was bigger than the house. It was outside, it kept getting wet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just toes toes like a steam freighter up into the middle of this volcanic crater lake. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm I'm writing a story. It's uh, it's contained all this barge that I needed to drag out. Yeah. It cost me all my money. I am completely fl- I'm flat fucking broke. God, I hope this works. <laughs> eight, eight megs of RAM, though. Pretty sick. Oh, Christ, that's way too much for the 70s. Are you kidding? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Barbara did come back after drowning in the lake. However, she returned possessed by something that would just become known as the Dark Presence, which is some sort of extra-dimensional entity. So it's, a, it's another paranatural entity. That okay. has come out of not necessarily the astral plane, but one of many possible realities. Um, Zane was like, fuck, and killed her again uh, by cutting out her heart this time. But like a classic ex-wife, he found only like an all-consuming darkness within her body. So she was just kind of like a shell. Um, he then used the power of the lake to write her and him out of existence and put on his deep sea diving suit grabbed Barbara and threw both of them into Cauldron Lake uh, to get them both kind of trapped in a the, in a little micro universe somewhere within the dark presence. Damn. In the alternate dimension at the bottom of the lake. Sounds cramped. Yeah. I mean, they're not sharing the suit to my knowledge. Okay. Um, thankfully. Just like, what, like one, just one bikini wrapped around the both of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You get one cup. I'll get the other. <laughs> I, was, I was really thinking of putting it on her and then tying it behind him as if they were big spoon, little spoon, not standing next to each other to put on a bikini. 
this uh, seems to have caused an AWE. Um, it seems to have manifested itself as like as what is now called AWE 35. It's the first Bright Falls AWE, uh, a volcanic earthquake in the volcano underneath uh, Cauldron Lake started to erupt and it actually sank Zane's island and cabin into the ocean, trapping um, Barbara and him inside. It also, in a related what is just a regular oopsie and not an actual oops, uh, the earthquake also flooded the local Bright Falls silver mine and killed 32 miners and also the entire silver mining trade in this area. Uh, Think of the canaries. Can't can't go back in the can't yeah, so, yeah when it like turned just, around the cages underwater it was yeah, like something yeah. seems awry yeah yeah that, that's it <laughs> just like instead of oh do you hear that I, I oh wait I don't hear the canary no wait there it is <laughs> uh, we're good keep going <laughs> you mind if it's over boys uh, uh, the dark presence seems to be able to reach out every once in a while so uh, writing himself and Barbara out of existence. And then trapping them both within the alternate dimension didn't seem to have worked entirely. Uh, in 1976, uh, the presence kind of got out somehow and attacked the rock band called the Old Gods of Asgard. Ah, all right. Yeah. Tor and Odin Anderson uh, admitted to police that they had spent days, actual days, getting fucking blasted off their homemade moonshine, oh, yeah. which, like all healthy diets, contained unfiltered lake water okay okay from cauldron lake if it's like 90 percent alcohol i feel like the it's not that big a deal if 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 the water's a little dirty right okay so jamie's uh that's gonna be a no on the human meat order but a yes on the lake water moonshine order i guess is impression for me it would ruin your mash like i i don't know if you'd be able to like, you might not be able to distill it with lake water because it might ruin okay. it, or it would just, it, like Jamie says, it should just come out as alcohol. It would be flavored, <laughs> it would be flavored like dirty lake water, but it should just come out like alcohol. Yeah. Evan's Thanks. been distilling his own liquor, so he can try it for us. Uh, yeah. F- for legal reasons, no, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, Tor and Odin Anderson admitted again that they were drunk. Um, and then, so after Tor was struck by lightning and something made Odin cut out his own right eye, uh, they reported to police that they had defeated the scratching hag that had arisen from the lake. <laughs> I just yeah. love the idea of these two really drunk guys, like, like down by the fucking lake, fall into it, and like, I don't know, a catfish like grabs one of their back or something. <laughs> or just like a bunch of leeches. It's like, oh, I had to save my brother from the scratching hag. so since getting lake parasites on your own property isn't illegal they were left alone after being treated for their missing eye and lightning burns (laughs) they were just left alone good uh the andersons seem however to be peri-utilitarians in some capacity uh their moonshine uh has the power to restore memories uh, as it is made from the magic water of cauldron lake that's the opposite of moonshine yeah, it is. There's a joke about that in the game, Alan Wake, because you oh, get yeah? wasted off you get wasted off moonshine, and then they actually recognize the fact. It's like so strange that I actually remember more now <laughs> after drinking psychic water. <laughs> wow, psychic hoops. They also they also wrote a song called "Take Control," uh, which will end up being very important to the Con- director of the FBC within the oldest house. Country roads, take control. <laughs> <laughs> 
of this moonshine. And my soul. And my soul. <laughs> Shambling Back hags. Back to New York. <laughs> Scratching hags. <laughs> so we're going back to New York. Now that we've had a little uh, little vacation on the West Coast, we're going back to the best coast. Within the oldest house, uh, Deputy Director Zachariah Trench uh, became... Another great name. Dead. There's a oh, lot yeah. of good names. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the guys who wrote Max Payne also did this, so all the names are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, something about like a long first name and then a one-syllable last name yeah. just rings so, so Satisfying, good. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, what about Theodore Ash, Zachariah Theodore Trench. Ash. Yeah, yeah, Zachariah Trench. Uh, Northmore, though, is... I mean, that's just kind of like a cool name. Uh, Trombone Clam. The great, <laughs> the, the great detective. Trombone Clam. Tro- I'm Trombone Clam. World-class dick. Hmm? Meh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tro- uh, vote, vote, go to Patre- patreon.com to vote on whether or not you want me to do Trombone Clam lore <laughs> for next week's episode. <laughs> Yeah, man. Or, uh, I don't know, uh, StarCraft, some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you fucking decide. Trombone Clam, world's greatest detective, or fucking StarCraft, or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, Deputy Director Trench, now he is not... Appointed by the board, uh, he's uh, was appointed in regular corporate ways. He became completely dedicated to his work after some kind of supernatural or paranatural pathogen got tracked home with him. He didn't wipe his shoes on the way out or whatever when he was leaving the oldest house to go back to his uh, newer house. Oh, he he put some of the honey from the that were in the cabinets into his tea probably while he was there, and didn't rinse out his cup properly before bringing it home. Yeah. Yeah, um, this got tracked home and it infected his daughter. Uh, his wife, quite reasonably, didn't want Trench to take their daughter back to the oldest house because the nature of the work scared her. Like, how would you even explain that to your wife? If you're like, oh, yeah, I go on expeditions into other dimensions. Um, and my boss is just the mouthpiece from what he describes as an infinite inverted pyramid in a giant blank space. She's like, okay, honey, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have enough trouble sometimes explaining like what a podcast is to people. Like, can you imagine? (laughs) What's your podcast about? I take orders from an inverted black pyramid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. If, If they're past a certain age, I just call it a radio show. Oh, I yeah. do a radio show online, and then they understand. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so anyway, Trench's daughter died. Uh, Oof. Yeah, because uh, she had a paranatural infection from an extra-dimensional pathogen, um, and they didn't want to get her treated within the oldest house, so it, there was literally nothing that this dimension's medicine could do. Uh, this predictably, this predictably, our antibiotics led. just aren't effective against extra dimensional dimensional bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> um, this led to the the family getting divorced. It was their only child. It's not like they had like another kid to just like shower love on or whatever. Keep it, was, it keep it together for. Yeah, uh, exactly. They had, they had no reason now, so they got divorced. She took half of everything. You know, the altered wedding china that was all haunted, all that yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can't touch him. Like can't touch him because they'll kill her. But took half of everything. You can touch an altered item. They're not oh, right. objects of power. Yeah, right, so right. she she would be fine. It's just like every all the food you put on this altered china would be transformed in some hilarious way, presumably. Everything turns into gravy. 
which I'm not complaining about, you know? <laughs> but your utensils do as well. So you like try and scoop out some of the gravy and then and that dissolves the gravy. gravy. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you just like you put, stare at a pile of gravy. You put your lips against the bowl, your lips turn to gravy. And it's just it's <laughs> oh, a slippery man. slope. Gravy face. <laughs> gravy face. It's like face. I might have thought about that. Gravy? You know, this- I, I, I would be so surprised if gravy face wasn't the name of like some C-list horror movie villain that like was launched specifically for TV during Thanksgiving. Oh, hell. Oh, please. <laughs> Pull up that clip. I was more thinking of like the tale of King Midas where, you know, he everything he touches turns to gravy and then he touches his daughter and she dissolves into gravy. And it's a lesson about greed. <laughs> oh, no. So would you eat human flesh or, or daughter gravy first? Given uh, the daughter, nature of altered items, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's like probably it's totally gravy, normal right? gravy. Yeah, it's just yeah. gravy. Cost yeah. it, the the cost was the same. It was a human life. Yeah, I mean, true, true. Yeah, wouldn't give me the yeah. shakes though. Maybe, or maybe it would because it's it's haunted gravy. I don't know. <laughs> Paranatural gravy. It seems a little bit more uh, <laughs> a little bit more dangerous. Uh, so he had nothing left but his job. So his dedication to the FBC would actually pay off. Um, the current director, Northmore's lust for power resulted in him starting to kind of lose control of the abilities he already had. Um, and he was eventually convinced, by which I mean he had no other choice, um, to keep the lights on is the term that the board or that the um, FBC uses. He is actually currently still alive when the game takes place in 2019 locked within a gigantic sarcophagus in the center of the maintenance sector of the oldest house. Uh, his thermal abilities apparently provide power to the building. He's huh. in a giant sarcophagus. There must yeah. be things of honey in there. Yeah, right? Ancient honey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trench didn't really want to be director, and apparently he picked up the service weapon basically on a dare because he was so unhappy. It's like, I'm either going to dedicate my life to the FBC or I'll drop fucking dead. Either or. The board was okay with it, though, because he, too, is a power utilitarian. Nice. He's got that dual citizenship, baby. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, He started to implement some changes within the the house. Uh, He ordered the construction of what is called the Panopticon, which is a prison or like a containment facility for oops and altered items. The Panopticon is a real philosophical concept uh, that is physically impossible to build in real life. Um, the concept of a panopticon is an institutional building where one guard could observe every prisoner without being seen. Uh, it was put forward by Jeremy Bentham in the 18th century. <laughs> he owned a prison and was cheap as fuck. Uh, he- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty much. It's just like one watchtower in like a coliseum of like jail cells along the edge, which is like, yeah, you could put one guard in there, but he can't look at fucking 460 prisoners all at the same time. Like, Exactly. That's why it's always been more of a philosophical concept. Um, some socialist philosophers have used like the surveillance of workers as an example of uh, the panopticon concept and critics of CCTV and other forms of mass surveillance have also like referred to Bantham's uh, panopticon like in their writings and this is real history like actual people have done writings about this so like the chinese government right now can be seen as kind of a panopticon with their weird like facial recognition and like constant surveillance um as well as the facial recognition and the cctv that they use in the uk um like 
in socioeconomic philosophy, it doesn't need to be a real physical prison, but like constant surveillance is really the the, the key. Yeah, it's it's to alter people's behavior because the idea of the panopticon is if the prisoners think they could possibly be being watched at all times, they will always act as though they are being watched. Which is why it plays into like socialist theory and stuff like that. Like anything where anybody who cares about the rights of the person that they're writing about would see surveillance as a form of panopticon, basically. Neat. Uh, in the oldest house, however, obviously because of the infinite space and supernatural nature of everything in there, the panopticon is real. Uh, it is a storage facility uh, for objects of power, people that may be touched by objects of power, or even, and then just altered items themselves. It's just a form of containment because given Northmore is kind of going off the rails and losing control of his powers, when Trench took over, he was like, look, we really can't have this any, we cannot have this happen again. So we're going to, that plastic pink flamingo is going to jail, and we're going to keep an eye on it, basically. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have one guy keep an eye on it, and the 460 other plastic flamingo-like objects. There <laughs> is a optional side quest in Control, where there is a guy who is, whose replacement did not show up, and his job is to stare at an old fridge, because if anybody takes, uh, takes their eyes off the fridge, it will kill them. And, oh. oh, it's like the uh, the cement monster from SCP. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of snapping your neck, what does it do? It, uh, it teleports you to like a rejected part of the astral plane where you fight a gigantic monster called the Former, which seems to be some sort of like rejected being that may have worked for the board of directors at some point. Like a former board member, it the, it's like this giant the, the reformer board member, Shadow Mantis, basically. Wow. <laughs> I, I was yeah. you said you said teleport you to another uh, rejected area of the uh, astral sea or whatever, and I was I thought you were gonna end there, and I was just picturing like oh it just teleports you inside of like a 1950s refrigerator that doesn't open from the inside, <laughs> 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 you just suffocate. <laughs> yeah. uh, what were you gonna say, Jamie? Um. I know. No, I forget. I got a lot. He oh, was going to uh, ask if you fight it. Yeah, you do. You fight it. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's a, it's an optional boss. It's called the former. You can fight it multiple times, and How it plays you... a. It, it can play a larger uh, place in the story. Would you rather have to fight a uh, big old mantis or be turned to gravy? Uh, the the mantis fight's not really that hard, so I, I'll take that one. Yeah, I mean okay. the mantis fight. You have a shot. You can't you can't defend against being turned to gravy. But no. it sounds kind of delightful, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the uh the betty crocker touch instead of the midas touch right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so along with the panopticon uh tramp uh, trench tramp uh trench implemented a lockdown protocol uh which works kind of like bulkheads on a ship which i think is the term for the things that keep it from sinking it's like the sectioned off parts where you can like shut a door to prevent the entire place from filling up oh yeah like in Titanic, when they start closing those on, and people are still on the wrong side of them. Yeah. Yeah, well, in the Titanic, it was specifically to make sure the Irish can't get out. Exactly. Because uh, a bulkhead, keep the ship upright. A bulkhead is an upright wall within the hull of a ship or within the fuselage of an aeroplane. Huh. Oh. There's huh. no water in the sky, though. I mean, clouds. clouds. Yeah. <laughs> there are. <laughs> there's more uh, planes in the sea than there are submarines in the sky, right? 
the old, the old, the old saying. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. <laughs> Uh, so these bulkheads are just kind of to seal off different departments from each other. If there's ever, like, paranatural leaks in the Panopticon, they can seal it off. And then, like, maintenance doesn't get flooded with... Uh, well, I mean, there is one thing. There is an anchor that just shoots clocks at you. And that thing's contained and totally sealed <laughs> off. I think I watched you play that part. You did watch me fight the fight the yeah. anchor. So yeah. they have sealed off a bulkhead that leads to the containment sector that has the anchor in it. Because it just keeps producing clocks. And they have no idea what the fuck can do with them. <laughs> it's just, it's just there's not enough flea markets in the world damn it yeah, yeah, with our older with our older generations like we keep running out of old people faster than we can breed new young people so there is literally no one to buy two dollar clocks it's <laughs> <laughs> the cat ones the with the uh, eyes that move with the <laughs> <laughs> only. he also put together a management team now to ensure that the oldest house remains contained and safe uh, and the classification system they use is quite literally just inspired by the SCP Foundation wiki. Like it, it there instead of Keter class for like the difficult to contain shit in in control, it's just KE. So they were just like, well, we don't need that much of a word. Just cut it down. <laughs> Keter is actually a doctor in. Uh, he's like one of the researchers in SCP. And I didn't fully research him, but uh, he has a, a story probably with a very dangerous. SCP probably to get well, that. Well, goddamn it! Since this is the last episode of Lore Boys ever, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Two SCP episodes. That's all you're getting. Yeah. yeah. Um, his his management team was uh, consi- consisted of Lynn Salvador, Alberto Tomasi, Helen Marshall, and most importantly of all, Casper Darling. Uh, oh. He's the head of research now. Darling is easily one of my favorite video game characters, fucking ever. And he's a great he's- name phenomenal uh all his parts in game are like short little live action educational videos about like oops the astral plane and many of the discoveries within the oldest house like he's basically a collectible <laughs> and uh, the, the actor won uh, won a bafta for his performance in control because he just fucking slays it he's having okay. so much fun uh he had um, to take a bath because he he stunk or he was, he was gotta take a bafta <laughs> bafta clean yourself up you mook <laughs> What's an a BAFTA? Is that like the Fourth American Free Trade Agreement or something? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it is. So um, <laughs> Trump had a problem with NAFTA, which is later on in the alphabet. Yeah. The BAFTA was the second agreement that we attempted to make. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. 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 There was the AFTA first, then there was the BAFTA. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, what, what's that actually for? That's like video game acting. Uh, uh, the BAFTA is like the British um, British. British Academy Actors, of Film, Film and, and Television yeah. Arts. Oh. There you go. That's British like, actors, film, television actors. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. It's the fourth American free trade agreement, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it's like as good as the Oscars if they took took out, you know, ninety nine percent of the world population. Yeah. And said it's just for these one type of people. Okay, cool. And video games now. But he got an award for his performance. I highly recommend looking up the Casper Darling clips uh, if you don't plan on playing Control because he is fan-fucking-tastic. Cool. Um, thankfully, maintenance uh, seems to have taken care of itself. Uh, a paranatural entity named A-001 appeared without explanation uh, and takes the form of a surly old Finnish janitor named Ati. Uh, he roams the oldest house keeping things in order. Uh, the bureau is not overly concerned with him and cannot contain him. So, but he's 
seemingly harmless and just does regular janitor shit for some reason. Can't complain. But he, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's not turning anyone to gravy, so that's gravy. You know? <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> not like that other janitor. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Janitor gravy face. <laughs> uh, he carries an old cassette player, which also appears to be an oops. Uh, and while playing a cassette containing the song of the old gods of Asgard, Take Control, uh, it actually protects the listener within the shifting walls of the ashtray maze. Oh my god. Yeah, so the song that those two old drunks wrote on a cassette in Ati's cassette player actually protects you from a separate OOP in the meantime. I feel like the music would be so bad. It'd be like 12 minute rock ballads based on like epic fantasy or something. (laughs) And the warrior took the flute. (laughs) (laughs) So take control. The lyrics of take control are actually pretty funny because it was, it's written and performed by a a band called poets of the fall who I think are definitely friends with remedy because they're in Alan Wake. They do a lot of the music. So they're like, it's a real band performing as a fake band. The song Take Control is entirely just about the plot of the game Control. It's okay. completely, it's totally meta. I mean, it's, right. it is a, a, they are a Finnish rock band, so. How much of the fall is, yeah. right? Yeah. Are? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so the Moonshiners wrote a song that when played by Ati in his cassette deck will protect the wearer from the ashtray maze, which is... Uh, it looks very Twin Peaksy. It's got like the zigzag pattern that you can see in the red room in that show. If you've ever okay. seen clips or whatever, no, it, just, it shifts SCP, around. Constantly. Yeah, that, it's common thing in SCP too. Like, there's certain SCPs that their whole function is to contain another SCP. Like, uh, yeah, so it's it's very much that. It's like this. These oops protect you from the ashtray maze. Well, because you can go into the ashtray maze without the without the cassette and without take control, but you can't. It just you'll just get completely lost. The walls shift constantly, and you can never actually get through it. It's like trying to go through the dark cave before you got flash. Don't do it, you dingus. Yeah. You can totally do that if you memorize it. Yeah, though. unless yeah, you're a yeah, speedrunner. Yeah. I, I used to. <laughs> well, um, and then the final thing that he implemented here uh, to ensure that there wasn't another Northmore uh, trench implemented the prime candidate program. Um, and he wanted to find para-utilitarians before they got their hands on the service weapon to ensure that they were, like, sane enough to wield it and lead the FBC. Like, he knew the rules of the service weapon, that the board was going to choose this person no matter what. But if you could limit the candidate pool to reliable people, then it would be less dangerous for this dimension if you could, like, okay, yeah, like, You've earned your gold star. Here's your transforming gun. I can die now, sort of thing. When do we get our freaking guns? I'm sick of all your stinking rules. <laughs> hey, I told you, you don't get a gun till you tell me your name. <laughs> <laughs> Pat it up to here with your rules. Rules. <laughs> what are you guys so, talking about? Uh, so Marge okay. becomes a cop of like one guy in the in the candidate pool that's insane. Clearly <laughs> unhinged. He's asking for a gun. Chief Wiggum's just like only when I only when you tell me your name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, candidates one to five were all descri- were described as quote false leads, dead ends, and disappointments. Ouch. Yeah. Um, and there. then in the distance. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's me. 
I'm all those things. Trench, let me try again. Yeah. I need a I need a fourth title. That's the name of my autobiography. <laughs> False lead, dead end and disappointment. Story. <laughs> uh in the distant future of two thousand and two, um the FBC got a report of a major AWE in the town of Ordinary, Maine, which is very ironic because this is Quite out of the main, some if you would, ask me. Some would say a uh, uh, para-ordinary experience. <laughs> Did yeah. it happen in Derry, Maine? Like no, all the or- Stephen King things? It's ordinary, Maine. Ordinary. I, I wonder if Not that's... Derry Dar- is ordinary and in ordinary, Maine. Yeah, I wonder if that's like a, um, like a, a nod at Stephen King. It definitely is. So in Alan Wake, there's like an ordinary FBI guy who's like following you around. And to like talk shit he because alan wake is also an author to talk shit to alan he calls you the names of other authors for some <laughs> reason okay. like, listen, listen he calls you at least as far as i got in my replay of the game before recording this he's like he calls you hp lovecraft stephen king and james joyce as though those are insults, insults. He's like, listen to me james joyce yeah, yeah. i don't give a shit what you think is going on in your wife's been kidnapped it's like what the fuck is, yeah, yeah. what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 easy there stephanie meyer huh <laughs> i don't care if your boyfriend is a thousand year old vampire whose sun glitter glints in the sunlight or skin glints in the sunlight <laughs> <laughs> is she her twilight mm-hmm. i didn't know that yeah okay yeah. i think that's her name i might have got that wrong Jamie, pull up the clip. Sounds right to me. Yeah. Stephanie Meyer, protagonist of Alan Wake, for some reason. Um, So in Ordinary Maine, there's two kids, Jesse and Dylan Faden, uh, 11 and 10 at the time, respectively. Uh, They were playing in the scrapyard that most well-adjusted children like to play in. Obviously, we've all played in the scrapyards, boys, right? If there was a scrapyard near me when I was growing up, I definitely would have played in it. I would have so many rusty cuts, 100%. We definitely went to the quarry and like would mess around there, but I don't know about about a scrapyard. It's like regular, regular like like small town shit, basically. Yeah. 2002 seems late to me for someone to do this, but I don't know. Um, uh, so Jesse Faden is our age. She was born in 1991. Okay. Um, at some point, they, you know, they had a regular day playing in the scrapyard. Uh, at one day they went back. Uh, in 2002 and they realized that the entire scrapyard had kind of shifted in a way that allowed them to explore more deeply um and then within the dump they found the slide projector uh, pr- projector excuse me unknown to them this was an object of power just an okay. old slide projector um the to- the total amount of slides that was with it or that were with it is unconfirmed however it's seven eight or nine total slides and the photos on the slides just acted as gateways to other planes of reality that would be called slidescapes. So every uh, slide was a door somewhere else. Okay. Like we talked about Iris Thompson, the girl who appears in photographs that are taken with a camera type thing. It's like yeah, the yeah, photos. You, you can make yourself appear in that in that one, right? Yeah. It's like you a can enter Super Mario sixty four. <laughs> but you, it's it, like a portable yeah. painting machine. Yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, you could call a slide projector overall a portable painting machine, <laughs> kind of, in general. But one that you could enter, like in Super Mario sixty four, is what like, I was saying. Course. Super Mario's fiction, but yes, woohoo! <laughs> People used to like gather around and show their vacation photos on those things. All right, everybody. Yeah. Get on the Chesterfield. We're going to look at our vacation from last year. Yeah. Don't take the plastic off. Just get comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so house Jesse isn't that Dylan... old, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not going to cover all of the slide, all of the slidescapes, but uh, Jesse and Dylan did manage to like kind of crouch down and jam themselves between a staircase and a wall, and then rocket off through the slidescape portals. Hell yeah! Speed run the slidescapes, obviously. Obviously, we got to do it. Yeah. Um, the most important slidescape is slidescape 36, since on the actual slide, little plastic frame. If no, it, I, if some of our audience is too young to know what a slide projector slide looks like it's like a little plastic frame with a transparent tiny version of a picture in it and then when you um, shine a light from behind it and you put a wall far away it makes a big picture it makes a painting on the wall yeah yeah it's how you take your paintings with you yeah um it's like when you put a flashlight uh, a flashlight on the bottom of your flashlight and point it at a wall right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see the fish swimming you get yeah. that big almond <laughs> wait a minute those aren't fish swimming <laughs> oh no they're dead i'm sorry oh man uh it's just it's on the frame of the slide it was written color slide film this side towards screen 36 that's it so they called it slide 36 um the children called this place hand since within the slidescape was kind of a vast seemingly infinite desert with these huge black pillars poking out of the sand and there was five of them that just looked like the fingers of a hand cool yeah. very malazan uh, I mean, there's a couple things in this story so far that are pretty Malazan, but which is a fantasy a fantasy book series that Jamie and I have oh, okay. both read. Oh, yeah. There's the Houses of the Azath, which is the oldest house that can like change and like ha- seems to have a mind of its own. And then there's these like statues of jade in Malazan, which are like sticking out of a specific desert. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was inspired by that. If that's what I found out, because Sam Lake, who is the creative director at Remedy loves other people's work and like r- works it into the remedy games all yeah, the time yeah. like obviously with this SPP game <laughs> right. what a simp loves other people's work you should just do your own thing man yeah only <laughs> only and exclusively like us only talking about our own work that we've created right <laughs> exactly <laughs> simp. So, a trio of sam likes over here yeah. <laughs> um within uh hand uh, Jesse and Dylan and their friend Neil, who had asthma and would get nosebleeds, so he was the <laughs> resident looper at the at the school, uh-huh. encountered some kind of paranormal intelligence. Um, it told the kids that it would make them special, and then began to live inside their heads. Uh, Jesse's now. I'm this is this is unclear because you don't really find out too too much about Dylan. Um, Jesse recognized the being as female and named her Polaris because she had just learned about the star in school and again was 11. Uh, I don't know whether this entity just takes the sex of the body it's living in. So Jesse's is her, but she refers to it as she throughout the game. And then Dylan talks about the entity within his head, but doesn't refer to it as her or as Polaris. So it's they're separate or they're interpreted differently within these people. But they're, they, the Polaris now lives within the heads of Dylan and Jesse. Cool. Rent free, baby. What was that? <laughs> Rent free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mostly getting, getting into fights about Polaris on Twitter. God damn it. Never stop thinking about it. Um, Ati, the janitor, can hear and respond directly to Jesse's internal monologues with her roommate, though. Oh, okay. Good. So there are these weird internal asides. Uh, Polaris kind of takes the place as, of the player. So whenever Jesse has a thought in when you're playing the game, it's uh, kind of in canon. She's talking to Polaris. 
but she says like you or whatever. So it does sometimes sound like she's like sarcastically breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Polaris is just like the in canon fourth wall, pretty much. Okay. Uh, a, fifth, a fifth wall that's located behind the uh, for- fourth wall, like some sort of bulkhead, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Ati can interact with this thing as well. So when she internal monologues, like, wow, this janitor sure is a weird guy, he responds to that thought, not what she said. Okay. The first person she meets in the oldest house and interacts with for any period of time is Ati. And then, yeah, that's their weird kind of back and forth. Very cool. Uh, local bullies. This is this is a very Stephen King moment in in this uh, during the uh, this, this AWE. Uh, local bullies uh, stole the slide projector from these fucking the scrapyard nerds um, and began interacting with another entity called the Not Mother. Um, she gave them milk that turned them into actual monsters, and that actually led to the murder of one of their school teachers. They so. The fact that they could have stolen the slide projector at all meant that they were even para-utilitarians then, right? I, that I don't know. Unless they, they just so happened to be wearing very cool like gloves when they did the, the theft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've got the fingerless gloves to, no, because they're bullies. Fingerless wouldn't have worked, though. They would have had to have fingers. Because I was originally going to say fingerless, and I was like, no, that wouldn't work, because then your fingers would touch it. Or they're wearing fingerless gloves, and they happen to be para-utilitarians, which would make sense why this night mother, or whatever you call her, would take an interest in and turn them into uh, monsters, right? Yeah, Yeah. or or the gateways. Because to be a para-utilitarian, you would have to be able to absorb the power from the slide projector and create doorways of your own. Whereas going through the gateways, I don't believe you need to be para-utilitarian. Because we will get into it later on, the board does get this thing and lead expeditions uh, expeditions into the slidescapes, and not everyone who works for the FBC is para utilitarian. Yeah, but, but the not- kids got the slideshow back, right? Like in in true Stephen King fashion, they all had to have sex with each other or something to to, to get, get it back. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the true Thankfully slide projector no. was inside you all along. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, no. Uh, unlike Castlevania Season 3, there's no weird incest three-way in the control lore. <laughs> um, uh, over the next couple of days, the ordinary AWE, which is officially now known as AWE 24, continued. Uh, every adult in the town disappeared. Um, and the bullies transformed into, like, twisted ape men um, that were led into town by the not mother. So she actually left her slidescape and came into our realm to attack the children in ordinary. Oh no. Um, Jesse and Dylan did manage to get the slide projector, thankfully not by having sex with each other or with Neil. Um, and they managed to escape. Neil, however, like disappeared for a period of time and then returned as some kind of other benevolent monster that Jesse describes as looking like a melted dog. Yikes. Yeah, and he helped kind of get rid of, uh, like, helped thwart the Not Mother and the bullies. Um, Jesse ended up burning all of the slides, except number 36, which caused the Not Mother, the bullies, and Neil to all vanish. So as soon as their gateways could no longer be opened, destroyed with regular Our Dimension fire, they just vanished. So they did not kill the Not Mother, or the bully ape men, or melted dog Neil. They just vanished and returned to their to their respective slidescapes, presumably never being able to get out ever again. Poor Neil. Yeah, uh, yeah. he yeah he turned into that thing. I mean, who knew that was the cure for asthma? 
hey, <laughs> in his puffer, turn, turn him into a melted dog, yeah, yeah. whatever that is. Oh, I guess man. really poor all those kids, even the bullies. Like, bully, bullying sucks, but, like, maybe that's not a fit punishment, right? No, I mean, they're probably getting shit at home from, like, their alcoholic dad or whatever yeah. that makes them lash out at school. And exactly. then they turn into a monkey man and get cast into a slide projector screen. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Try and explain that to your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> With your between your melted woofs. Yeah. <laughs> you think Fucking you got problems. Just, just had asthma. <laughs> what did he do wrong? <laughs> uh, the FBC arrived to get the projector. Uh, Slidescape 36. And then they also kidnapped Dylan for the prime candidate program. Uh, at the time, they did not take Jesse. So she was kind of left to drift through life telling people what had happened to her, but no one believed her, obviously. Uh, Trench also managed to salvage one of the slides that was not entirely burnt, uh, but this was a cheeky under-the-table move uh, that was not origi- uh, officially recorded by the FBC. Okay. okay. So this director, who's very afraid of paranatural entities, uh, has a couple of secrets of his own, apparently. Not beyond corruption, right? <laughs> we're, all, we're, we're all human. Yeah. Uh, back at the oldest house... Trench and Darling started to lead expeditions in expeditions. I can't say that expeditions mm-hmm. into Slidescape 36 uh, until until the discovery of what is called uh, Hedron. Uh, it's like a gigantic D20 shaped organism that has some sort of mysterious power of resonance. I always say I've always said Hedron, but in game they pronounce it Hedron. Huh. Hedron, I'll take you on. <laughs> <laughs> Hedron, I'll take on anyone. <laughs> that band, like lately, has been kind of fucked up. People, though, so I feel like I should. What band is that? Trapped. I think it's trapped. Oh, I've never even heard of them. Yeah. I just know that song. Yeah. yeah. Um, the FBC moved Hedron to the oldest house, so out of the slidescape, they took it, um, and they contained it just to study it and kind of hang out with it, I guess. Uh, while the Bureau tried to train Dylan Faden to get him ready to be the next director, because they realized that his contact with Polaris had made him a really good candidate. Pr- pretty much the only good candidate that they'd known so far. He's prime candidate six. This wasn't going well. Um, Dylan was violent and couldn't really control his powers. He killed agents by accident, and then sometimes would just lash out and destroy things or kill people anyway. Um, and this definitely didn't have anything to do with the fucked up educational videos that the FBC had made for him. Uh, there is a series of video recorded puppet shows that you can watch in game called the threshold kids. Okay. Um, videos star three creepy puppets, uh, Topher, Meg and uncle, Mr. Bones, um, <laughs> a like little boy, a, a little boy, a little girl, and an adult human skeleton wearing the face of a human woman, respectively. Good. What the- yeah. And basically, Uncle Mr. Bones is there to teach Topher and, and Meg, like, whatever you see inside the oldest house, like, the difference between, like, a secret and, like, a not secret, like, a rainbow, not secret, the <laughs> true nature of rainbows, <laughs> it, it is just, like, a, like, a skeleton puppet doll that talks, its its mouth just goes up and down on, like, a stick. It doesn't, yeah. like, flap open. It shifts up and down. And it has, like, a Barbie doll face just kind of hanging off the side of its head as though it was, it's, like, thinly disguised as a human. But it's still very, clearly <laughs> like, a hissing skeleton. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's called, his name is Uncle Mr. Bones. Uh, these were intended, apparently, to teach Dylan about the Bureau and prepare him to be director. 
they probably just fucked them up. Uh, probably. You sh- if you're, uh, again, if you're not going to watch, uh, if you're not going to play the game, watch the Threshold Kids clips on YouTube. They're hilariously weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I'm going to briefly cover uh, one last AWE, which is AWE 35, just to wrap this up. Uh, it took place in 2010, again in September, uh, in the city, once again, of Bright Falls, Washington. Um, this AWE is the game Alan Wake. So they kind of retroactively made Alan Wake canon in control uh, by stating that all the events of that game involving the Dark Presence are a third AWE uh, from Cauldron Lake, and this is AWE 35. Um, overall, this game is super fucking old now. Um, this is the story of how Alan, uh, like how he becomes trapped. Alan becomes trapped in Thomas Zane's cabin at the bottom of Cauldron Lake because the entire house was transported to the dark dimension, basically. Okay. And Alan is also an author. He's he's a very Stephen King-like guy. He's very James Joyce. He's very H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. If the FBI guy razzing his balls is to be believed. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, I know authors too. You got to read to get into the FBI, believe me. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, listen up, listen up, Doctor Seuss. Okay, I don't need yeah. your green <laughs> eggs and ham right now. Listen, I got through FBA, B, C, D, all the way to I, and here I is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alan, again, like I said, is an author, and he is using his own typewriter within Thomas Sane's cabin at the bottom of Cauldron Lake to write a story in which he manages to get out and save his wife. So the Alan Wake you're playing in Alan Wake is the manifested character within Alan's story about himself defeating the darkness. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, it's great. I really recommend it. It's probably cheap as shit. And again, it came out a long time ago, so it'll run on anything. It is Um, right now because time of recording. So not for maybe not for our listeners. It is the autumn sale on Steam and it is 449 USD. uh, uh, Absolutely worth it. Wow absolutely worth it it's not very long um i before reinstalling it i'd only beaten it once it took me nine hours absolutely worth it it's a lot of fun very strange very wonky and zany like a lot of remedy stuff is and a good lead into control which i absolutely recommend cool um right so that's the plot of that game and that's awe 35 um alan remains trapped within the lake even though he does save his wife um and there's a uh, collectible within control or in the controlled DLC AWE, um, where it's like a semi-redacted interview with Alice Wake uh, about why she won't speak to her husband anymore. Uh, She states that, like, while whatever I spoke to looked like my husband, that thing was not my fucking husband. So some sort of dark presence corrupted version of Alan, I guess, went to try and meet Alice at some point. Um, And if you remember earlier, Thomas Zane's assistant, Emil Hartman, in Bright Falls in 2010, he's like an older guy now who has one of those like stupid fucking crystal healing therapy lodges for celebrities. Sure. Um, he seems to have been interested in unleashing the darkness. Uh, however, he gets corrupted by the darkness at some point, and then he actually gets apprehended and contained within a little model version of Bright Falls <laughs> inside inside the oldest house. Very cute. Yeah. And then he ends up getting further corrupted by another extra dimensional force that we'll talk about in about in a second here, turning him into like a 15 foot tall distended backwards horror monster, basically. Oh. Cause 
you can only get so much haunted crap into one person before they turn into a monster, apparently. Okay, sure. But in the AWE DLC, the entire DLC is about like hunting down and defeating the corrupted Hartman. So that's where he ends up. After just kind of Tiny vanishing town. from the game. Tiny Town. Um, interaction with that, with, uh, Hedron, uh, gave Darling information about a malicious entity, uh, that was trying to get into the oldest house through the remaining slide. Uh, Darling had things called HRAs created to project the employees of the bureau. Uh, HRA means, uh, Hedron resonance amplifier. Uh, it's like this little black disc that sits in a case on your chest that straps into you. And it uses the Hedron resonance to counteract the evil resonance to protect you protect the wearer from being possessed by the corrupting influence of the astral plane or wherever the fuck this other thing comes from sure okay. yeah. it's their spooky spaceship a uh, space suit rather <laughs> not not even it's just a little it looks like a hot plate strapped to your chest okay that's all you wear, you <laughs> wear regular civilian clothing and you just like strap it on it's got like two belts that's it it's, it's nice. like a it's, it, it's like the size of a jewel case cd basically okay cool yeah um yeah anyway he had those uh, created to protect everybody during one of the expeditions into slidescape 36 trench was corrupted by the malicious resonance uh referred to in game as the hiss um due to the sound it makes so hartman is now dual corrupted by the dark presence and the hiss uh, the hiss seems to be much more brutal than the dark presence because the enemies in Alan Wake are just corrupted townsfolk. They kind of have like a shimmer around them and like a kind of a black smoke that pours out. They're weak to direct light, but they're not like horribly mutated. The hiss does a hell of a lot more damage to the human body and confers much more dramatic powers onto their victims. Like some okay. of them are just like peeled apart, open monsters that can just like shoot out debris that they suck out of the floor, sort of thing. So, okay. and then of course, Hart- Hartman is a big spider monster. So, um, the director, or at least the soon-to-be director, Ati, uh, and then a couple others seem to be completely immune to this uh, because they don't actually get mutated. So, Ati, Trench, and the player character Jesse Faden do not wear HRAs. Oh, so Jesse, you're when you play as uh, when you play as Jesse, she does not need an HRA, and then Ati is powerful enough to just avoid the his corruption entirely. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, Trent, Trent was corrupted by the hiss, and then it kind of made him afraid and paranoid that Hedron would try and take over and control the oldest house. So he then used the slide projector to just unleash the hiss into the oldest house. It was just like, oh yeah, man. If you let me in, I'll take care of everything. Don't worry. I know you're afraid that this is going to get out of control. Believe me, that big thing that hasn't done anything wrong thus far is just waiting. Let me come (laughs) in and fuck everything up immediately. So uh, Hedron, sensing the danger and having some kind of connection to Jesse Faden through Polaris, probably, reached out to her and led her to the oldest house, which allowed her to find it and go in. And then here she ends up acquiring the service weapon. She kills Trench with it. Uh, and becomes the new director of the FBC, which is such a weird part of this game because everybody just accepts it. They're like, oh, you've got the weapon. You're the new director. And then when you walk around the oldest house, which, again, is infinitely huge, all of the official pictures are is pictures of Jesse. Like, the photos <laughs> were automat- automatically replaced. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's AWE. Cool. Very Sounds cool. like not a lot of people want to be the leader there. Because if you just act like you want to be the leader a little bit, 
It seems like everyone just respects that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it must be a yeah. shitty job. Well, you, yeah, you got I mean, well, you got the gun, and you have the pyramid hat, right? So, yeah. <laughs> kind of conveys uh, a sense of importance. Yeah. The, the acting is kind of strange, but um, the uh, I think the actress's name is Courtney Hope plays Jesse, and she does a great job. Um, generally speaking, Remedy seems to like kind of strange-looking people. So, like the actor who plays Alan Wake. Is kind of a weird looking guy and his outfit is so fucking stupid. He has a tweed jacket over like a classic button up lumberjack shirt over a hoodie. Like he looks just like a sleeping bag, like so warm. You got to layer up. And Courtney Hope has a kind of a weird underbite and all the other characters are all very odd looking. So it, it's a very strange game, which might like put some people off. But I loved Control. It was so, so good and very much recommend it. Cool. Awesome. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been another episode of Delore Boys. Uh, if you like us, please tell your friends, leave us a review. It's like the super number one best way you can help us out. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do so at Ethan the Dead Man on Twitter. James, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Just go there, search James, you'll get him. Peter, where can we find you? Um, at Loreboys Podcast on Instagram, uh, along with Jamie. If you want to go to uh, theloreboys.com slash about and jump into the Discord to hang out, you can do that. Or you can email us directly, uh, loreboyspodcast at gmail.com. And I believe we got a couple of folks oh, okay, here. Okay, I was going to say we do, but we're running really long. So so we'll read them oh, on a I'm future sorry. episode. Thanks so much for sending them to us, guys. Uh, yeah, like Peter said, contact at loreboys.com is a great way to get in touch with us. Also, the Discord, if you go to loreboys.com slash about, uh, you can find the links to our Discord there. And uh, come join the conversation. There's lots of people hanging out, uh, doing good things, uh, making suggestions for what we w- what you want us to talk about. You can tell me to uh, do trombone clam in the case of the janitor gravy face lore one of these days. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so hop on over. Come say hi. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, if you want to support the show financially, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash theloreboys. Uh, we just, you know, finally did our top tier D&D game with one of our patrons this past weekend. It was a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Shout Great. out to you, Terry. Uh, everybody else who supports us on Patreon, thanks so much for your guys' monetary support. It really means a lot. It means it's not a financial drain to do this show that we love. Uh, yeah, if you don't trust Patreon, of course, we do always have uh, Lore Boys Prime, which we already kind of alluded to. We are looking for jars of sealed jars, specifically, of uh, ancient honey. Anything uh, over 2,000 years old honey uh, preserved well. Uh, in return, you're not getting nothing, of course. Uh, for every uh, everyone who sends us a jar of uh, pre- ancient preserved honey, I will send you guys a copy of my uh, my book of scuba diving uh, pickup lines. Now this is <laughs> now this is something that I did just start, start writing, uh, so I don't know when it's going to be done. Uh, but it's got such great greats as uh, "Are you a depleted O2 tank?" Because I want to put you in my mouth and choke myself. Uh, <laughs> look at, looking at you is like getting nitrogen poisoning. It makes me confused and want to dive deeper into a dark cave. <laughs> and, and, and of course, are you back from the dead? Because I want to write a story and throw us back into the lake, into an alternate dimension for eternity. Uh, <laughs> is your dad cursed? Because you're looking gravy. <laughs> uh yeah and i think uh so so send us your send us your jars and uh i will i will send you some jokes uh thanks so much for listening everybody i think that constitutes a lore lore boys
Uh, hi, I'm Ethan. Uh, I think... Okay, let's go, let's go favorite SNES, uh, songs, or just general soundtracks if you can't think of a specific song. I'm gonna go with the athletic theme from, uh, Super Mario World, which I feel like might be a cop-out, but it's gotta be an all-time great, right? Uh, Guile's theme from, uh, Street Fighter. Great choice, great choice. Yeah, yeah. uh, I like the, uh, victory music from Chrono Trigger. That's you know, good too. I might also say something from Mega Man X, maybe Storm Eagle. Oh yeah! It's just Chrono Trigger is all about bass when you when you like when it go into it. Then some guy in the bushes just starts fucking slapping away. That's a pizza place, but I think there's eyes in CC's. Yeah, CC is a name. It's also a locomotive classification. Okay, guys, I think we should do a podcast. Also, <laughs> also the name of a cat who was the first genetically cloned pet, uh, and it stands for copycat. Isn't that cute? They cloned a cat oh, and called is, it copycat. Super, that is super cute. There's some bonus lore for the listeners who listen after the, after the out credits. <laughs> uh, okay, Jamie. So it's also a Coburger convent. I'm not, not, sure not, I'm not, not interested sure anymore. <laughs> the only C I care about now is control. So let's do this. Uh, you're gonna copycat. Get the fuck out of here. Stop I think it. you mean control, 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 oh, control. Man. All right. Um... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 